0: I am super thrilled to introduce everybody to my guest today. She's a a great friend, Katie Fogarty. Met Katie a while ago when she so graciously accepted an invitation to speak at one of the She Leads conferences. Um, And I, I just remember Katie doing the most incredible job as a panel moderator. And since that first time sort of getting to know her. We've just kept in communication with each other, and I just absolutely adore Katie. She has such an incredible background in communications, and today she's the host of a very, very popular podcast uh, and also the CEO of a company called The Reboot Group. So welcome to Sugar Coated, Katie.
1: Adrian, I'm so happy to be with you, even if it's virtually. I miss I miss the She Leads conferences, so I'm delighted to be spending time with you.
0: Well, the good news is that we are going to do another She Leads live this year, and it's going to take place in October. And I have oh yeah, so you have to come and you have to speak because you have so much to talk about. And I'd love to just share with everybody today, you know, some of the things that you've done since the really the last She Leads conference, right?
1: Yep, t- terrific. So it, it's hard to believe that live events were, you know, two plus years ago. But it's so wonderful that they're back. I'm excited you'll be back in October. So I basically wear two hats. I have two businesses, which sometimes feels like, you know, ten. But I run a communications consultancy called the Reboot Group. I work with senior executives, small business owners. I work with teams at organizations like American Express or Google or Dow Jones to make their executives more effective at sharing their professional story. Because when you can share your story well, you know when you can share it well on a big platform like LinkedIn, for example, you can uh, better advocate for your career, your company, your priorities, and your impact. So that's, that's my day job and a job that I love. And in doing that day job, because I do work with a lot of senior executives, I was starting to hear a steady drumbeat of fear around ageism. You know, everybody mm. thinks they work in the most ageist industry, you know, whether you work in tech or fashion or beauty or, you know, film, people feel that their industry is ageist and they are concerned about shining a spotlight on their years of expertise and experience. So I started hearing these these conversations regularly. And then I had one week where I spoke to two women who are total rock stars, right? One of these women had two books on the New York Times bestseller list. And one of these women is a restaurant, she's a chef, restaurant owner, and she has a Michelin bib designation, which is one of the, the very most prestigious culinary awards. And mm-hmm. I was asking both of these women to share a quote for a career article that I was writing about creative careers in midlife. And they both mm-hmm. said, I love what you're doing, but no one can know I'm over 50. And I had to pick my jaw off off the floor because I was like, you have not one, but two books on the New York Times bestseller list. You know, this was an author who writes young adult books. And so I think she was, you know, fearful. Like I work in the young adult space. No one can know I'm old. So that was my aha moment. I said, I want to be having these conversations. We need to be aging out loud. Mm -hmm. You know, we're getting older chronologically, but we're, you know, we're experienced. We're wise. We've got a lot of lived wisdom, And I launched my podcast, which is called A Certain Age. I talk to a woman every single Monday who is north of 45, who is knocking it out of the park in their new chapter. And it's just, it's a total delight. um, I'm approaching my hundredth show and I'm here from the front lines to say, uh, good news. Anyone who's listening to this, it's never too late to try something new, to reinvent, to pivot, to add a new chapter uh, in midlife.
0: I love that so much. And, you know, it, it sort of is mind-boggling for me to even think that, you know, you are in midlife or that I am. I mean, I think that we sort of <laughs> yes. feel like we're teenagers, it, right? You know, it, it does. It creeps up on you, you know? I it mean, for really what, you know, does. I'm
1: like, what? I'm not eternally 26, you know? But you're not. <laughs> um, yeah, but we do. And you know, you and I both know this, Adrian. Aging is a gift. I'm sure you've had people in your life that you've lost. I, I actually have two very dear friends from high school that that both uh, one was killed in a car accident, one died of cancer before we were even out of college. So, mm. you know, sometimes when you're faced with those experiences, you realize that we we're not afraid to blow out another candle on on a, you know, on birthday cake. We're actually excited. We're we're grateful that we're here. And we we'll, you know, we're still standing. And by the way, we're just you know we're just getting started. That's how I feel. I'm new. Yeah, to, I, I'm new to podcasting, that. and I love it.
0: You're yeah. Well, I think but with a hundred episodes under your belt, I think that you are now officially an expert. And podcasting yeah. really, I, I think, is so much fun. And what I would love to talk about too, I think two of the things that are so important for women to hear is that it's not too late, which which you said, but also that there are other platforms that are out there now that they can leverage where they're not necessarily competing with everybody else. And I personally believe that podcasting is one of those really great Tools that women, especially, can use in order to build a rich and powerful platform. What are your thoughts on that?
1: I absolutely agree, Adrian. Um, I, you know, it is important to be multi-platform and uh, to support your business and your career, basically. So, I know a lot of your audience are entrepreneurs. They're women who are business, you know, building businesses or perhaps want to. Mm-hmm. And I would say that you know, number one, I first of all, I'd get on LinkedIn. LinkedIn is, you know, pay attention to it. Make sure that you've developed a profile. Make sure that your company page, that you've put one up on LinkedIn. If you're running a business, spend time on that platform. It's a great way of networking. It's a great research tool. It's a great publishing platform, right? You, I want everyone Mm -hmm. who's listening to this to think of LinkedIn as a megaphone because for most of us, there's no easier, cheaper, faster way to reach an enormous audience. So you really want to put the work in and and, and use it to, to connect with your clients and your customers and to see what other people are doing in your industry and build relationships. So that's number one. LinkedIn is you know free. I, you know, there's costs associated with it, but they're minimal. Um, mm-hmm. And there's even a free LinkedIn. So definitely put the work in on that. Second, I completely agree. Podcasting is a wonderful way of communicating with a wide audience. I think that being visible is an enormously important business building tool. You know, so when we think about building our businesses, we think about, you know, pricing, you know, our value proposition and our products and what we're pricing and, and hiring and vendors and all that stuff's important, you know, nailing down like contracts and legal stuff. But one of the, I think something that's often overlooked is the idea of being visible in service of your business. Because when you're visible, you connect with people who then might buy your products or your services. And so podcasting is a wonderful way to share your expertise with an audience and connect with your potential customers. Someone's listening to this thinking like, yeah, I love podcasts, but I don't want to make one. I just like to listen to them. I would say, find a platform that feels comfortable. Maybe you like to write and you have no interest in being on a microphone. I would develop a newsletter. You you Mm -hmm. can reach out to your prospective customers or your current customers and look to grow them Every single week by sharing an email newsletter, and that's a wonderful tool that's that's your own, right? Like you're building your network and your platform on something like Instagram or Facebook or even you know TikTok. These are borrowed platforms, right? Yes. These are these are platforms that have algorithms that are beyond your control. Things change. Your, your content might not get surfaced. I'm not saying to ignore these incredibly important social channels. But I do think that, you know, a podcast can be your own. Those are going to be your audio files forever. And a newsletter is your own. That email list is is gold. It's your way of communicating gold. with your customer.
0: Yeah, this is like a master class on, you know, how to build your business, especially when you're getting started. And I think that one of the things that is um, difficult Oftentimes that I hear from women is that the fear comes up, right? Who would want to listen to me? Why you know should I share my thoughts and opinions in a, in a newsletter, especially for women that are coming out of the corporate world, which so many women right through the great resignation, so many women are are now on um, out of the corporate world and trying to figure out you know what 's next for them. So that fear that comes up around their confidence in themselves and and their thoughts, how would you suggest that someone start to just even cultivate what their opinions are so that they can formulate a powerful newsletter or create a really, you know, a really great podcast that supports what they want to do next? Such
1: a good question. You know, I I think that You use the word confidence, Adrian, and I think confidence comes from doing. So, you know, the first time you try anything, you're probably going to be nervous. Of course, that, that, you know, that fear is there when something's unknown, maybe the inner voice is saying like, is this a good idea? But I I truly believe that confidence and resilience, you know, um, which are intertwined are muscles and Mm -hmm. you're only going to build them by using them. And just know that. Know that you're going to feel trepidation uh, when you when you try something new. But I would, you know, just sort of, if you're looking to cultivate a voice and figure out a way of connecting with an audience, you know, you, I would suggest one of two things. One, you know, spend some time doing sort of an inventory of what it is that you think that you, the value that you offer, what it is that you want to be communicating and kind of hone in on what you feel comfortable sharing. I I, I think that, and I I, sh- I share this with clients all the time on LinkedIn when they're th- saying to me like, well, I don't really know what to post or to to talk about. And I said, you know, just think about being generous. You know, mm-hmm. what do you have that somebody else needs? Maybe you've got expertise in a certain area or field. Maybe you have expertise on how hard it is to launch a new business if that's what you're doing. You know, everyone, even if you're at the beginning phases of something, you you know. That's in its own way, it's sort of an expertise. You know, what, what, what are the three hard knocks that you just went through that you want to make sure other small business owners don't go through? So, you yeah. know, do, do a bit of a deep dive and say, how can I be helpful to people? Because when you're helpful, that's, that's how we network. You know, we, we act generously. That's how we, we don't just publish or post or podcast for the sake of it. We, we do it because we have something to say. So figure Mm. that out. Number one for yourself. And number two, you know, it's never been easier to do research. You know, there there are people, multiple people are working, you know, I'm a midlife podcaster right now. There are tons of other midlife podcasters. You know, my, my belief is there's enough room for all of us. Right. You know, Mm. I always say to my kids, there's enough sunshine for everyone. You know, (laughs) you're not running out of sun. There's just like, it's there. So there's enough, there's enough opportunity for us all. And so don't be afraid of spending time seeing what you're. You know, I don't even want to use the word competition, but see, see what other people in your area are doing and get inspired. Or, or, or you may say like, I love what she's sharing, but I would be doing it this way. Everyone's got a unique voice and a unique angle. So, inventory your own skill set and then see what other people in the space are doing as well.
0: I love that, and I. This advice is, first of all, incredibly practical and super valuable. So I appreciate your generosity in sharing this wisdom. I I really, you know, you know how much I admire you, and and just your expertise, and that's why I love to share you with the She Leads audience. Um, But as I'm listening to you, I'm also thinking to myself. This this comes out of Katie's background, too, in journalism, in the media. And, you know, in that world, right, there's articles that are being written and published all the time, all about the same subject area. But you need, as that journalist, you need to find that unique angle. So I think that that's something, like the, this advice, it, it is almost like born out of that perspective. And it's just interesting for me to hear that.
1: Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I've worked in newsrooms in the past, you know, and you know, you know, sometimes there's nothing new under the sun. You know, the news is still, you know, unfortunately, we've had a very different like two years, and all the news is new and crazy. But you know, (laughs) oftentimes the news is very similar, and you still have to you still have to report it. So don't be afraid of saying things. And you know, yes, you can find your unique angle, but even if you have an expertise and you're thinking, I'm not really sure, like this is so unique, it doesn't mean that you don't have something worth sharing because. Audiences are craving information at different points in their life. You know, you know. Mm-hmm. Nora Ephron was writing about midlife when I wasn't paying attention because I was young and in nightclubs. You know what I mean? <laughs> like, I'm not going to not talk about midlife because Nora Ephron's <laughs> already done it. You know, I mean. So right now, yeah. I'm talking to people who are going through midlife with me, and so yeah. there's there's mm-hmm. always people who need the information that you're sharing, and you know, it, you never know how what what you're saying and how you're, how you specifically, you Adrian, and how you the mm. listener are specifically saying it in a way that's connecting with somebody at the time that they need it. So yeah. just because it's been done yesterday or will be done tomorrow doesn't mean
0: you shouldn't be doing it today. Yeah. Oh gosh, I love that so much. I'm so inspired. <laughs> <laughs> From the podcast, do you have any, you know, stories that when you were interviewing somebody that it was completely unexpected or even something that is like super inspirational for somebody to hear, you know, someone who was, I know one of the women that was at a conference one year, um, Helen Lowe, she started her company Low & Sons when I believe she was 65 years old. And she's still going strong. So and any, any other like stories that came out of the podcast?
1: Yeah, absolutely. You know, I'm, I'm telling you every single week, my guests knock my socks off. I mean, it's Ugh. really, it's, it's absolutely incredible. So I've spoken to a hundred women. They range, I think the youngest is 40 and the oldest guest I've had was 75. That was a woman wow. named Dr. Helen Fisher, who's a PhD anthropologist. She is the chief science officer for match.com. She got married. In her late 70s, which sort of blew my mind, and she, you know, she did it because she fell in love and she wanted to. Something that she shared from that show that I absolutely adored is, you know, she said that love can last. So this is good news for the longtime marrieds out there. And she actually, she's a scientist. She puts longtime married couples into MRI scanners, and she watches their brains light up when they see pictures of each other. So no that way. kind of like, I absolutely adore that, you know, cause you can say love can last, but she's like, and I've proven it, you know, <laughs> I've got the receipts, I've got the MRI oh, receipts. That. So that was so lovely. You know, I've learned something from every doctor that's been on the show. I had a female urologist come on. I also learned that only 8% of all urologists are women, which is kind of astonishing. Mm. And, you know, she said to me, aging should not affect your your bladder health. So if you're like afraid to exercise or run or you, you sneeze. can't sneeze, you can't <laughs> sit drink, in the, coffee. <laughs> drink coffee, sit in the middle aisle of a, um, a movie <laughs> or an airplane without panicking. It does not have to be that way. And that's been a steady refrain from all the doctors that have been on my show. I think pop mm. culture tells you that you fall apart as you age and yeah. it doesn't have to be true. You know, you can still have a robust sex life. Your bladder should still be working the way it did in the past. You know, you you can build muscle and, and remain fit up until your mid seventies. So yeah. one of the things that I've learned is that you know anything that you've got going on that you think oh this is just aging doesn't necessarily have to be that way. But to mm. you know just to quickly like in, to share your story, I had a um, I've heard many many stories of pivots. So people who are sitting here thinking like I'm excited about building a business but I'm not sure. One of my first season guests was a woman named Meryl Brown. She'd been a stay at home parent for 13 years. She launched what became a multi million dollar events company after having been home for 13 years. Wow. So, you know, that is possible. She took her skill set from running all of the sort of nonprofits and the, the kids' school events and she turned it into a business, which was inspiring. I spoke to a novelist, Angie Kim, who was a lawyer who published a New York Times bestseller, Miracle Creek. She pivoted. I have talked to, I'm just trying to think, Karen Duques, who Mm -hmm. wrote a book. And she said something that has stayed with me. She said, I sat down to do it when the fear of not doing it well, which is what had stopped me for so long, was replaced by the fear of not doing it at all. Oh, and yeah. that lit me up because so I was like, oh, I've like gotten in my own way a few times and, and not done things. And and then she yeah. went on to say that sometimes women in midlife think they need permission, you know, and if you're coming out of the corporate world where, you know, there's an element of permission that you need to, mm-hmm. you know, to get budgets approved, or to work as a team, to be an entrepreneur means giving yourself permission. And you really, you know, the only one that's in charge of like the, ne- the next step that you're taking is, is you. So that's something that's, yeah. that's always stayed with me.
0: I love that. And, you know, it's so funny when, when you talk about entrepreneurship like that. I think so many of, of us women, you know, we, we crave this independence and then we actually get it. And then we don't know what to do with it. It's it's everything we always wanted and then here it is. And I know that I have even, you know, gotten into uh, bad habits a- around productivity, especially being home and just kind of melding together the home life and the work life and I find myself procrastinating a lot and it's, you know, entrepreneurship I love it on the one hand because you do have all of this freedom to make the decisions that you want to make. And yet at the same time, this freedom, you know, it, it, it kind of morphs and grows. And so you think that you can do anything that you want to at any time that you want to, but that doesn't help you to grow the business. Right. So, yeah. It can, so it can be hard. It's you know, challenging. We-
1: it is challenging. We're coming out of two very challenging years, and everyone should be should be kind to themselves, you know. And it yes. it is hard to prioritize. I did a wonderful episode with Eve Rodsky, who came on to talk about her new book, "Find Your Unicorn Space: How to re, You Know Reclaim a Creative Life in a Too Busy World." She's the author, of course, mm. of Fair Play, which is about you know better gender equity in the home. Which both of the, both of her books are trying to give women back the time they need to do the things they want to do and the things that light them up. So if anyone's struggling with time management or even just sort of feeling like you you should be taking time, I would encourage you to read both of Eve Rodsky's books. They're wonderful. I had a great guest on Tanya Dalton who wrote a book called On Purpose. It's very similar and it offers mm. a lot of prompts about how you how you how you spend your time and how you think about it. And I found you know both of these authors to offer really really useful advice. But I would also say, like, I've had a lot of business builders on the show. I had a woman named Sansalas Gonzalez come on. She launched the hair care company Better Not Younger. It was Hmm. the very first hair care company targeting women over 40. Our hair changes too, just like the rest of us. I learned fascinating stuff. Like, you're literally, your hair shaft thins, which is why your Hmm. hair starts to thin. And there are, you know, know, there's different um, kinds of shampoos and treatments that you can use to, you know, uh, affect your scalp health health, et cetera. But Sonsala's had been a a long time, you know, she'd worked for L'Oreal and some other big CPG companies. And then she said, I see a need. So that's that's a that's a common refrain from a lot of the women mm-hmm. that came on my show. I had the CEO of Kindra on, a menopause essential company. She recognized when she went into menopause and started experiencing the symptoms, she's like, we need more products. So, you know, one of the great things about getting to midlife, I'm 52. One of the great things about getting here is we've like looked around and we see what it is that we need and maybe what's not out there and yeah. and where, what we can offer. I had a wonderful woman who came on, who's launched a company called Spicewell, uh, Rhyna Kumra. Spicewell is elevated salt and pepper. She has mm. taken your salt. She's taken your pepper. And she's included 30 different kinds of dried and ground plant nutrients. So like it, it literally tastes like salt and one tastes like pepper, but when you sprinkle it on your avocado toast, you're getting this, all this plant power. And oh she had been a tech investor, but she, you know, she grew up in a household that practices Ayurvedic medicine, which is really mm-hmm. like you go to your pantry instead of, you know, you go to plants in your kitchen rather than pills when you're sick. And she identified the the absence for this in the market. And she probably wouldn't have done that when she was younger because it took her you know, going through her, her earlier career and kind of looking around and being like, wait a minute, like, this is something that I do in my kitchen. Why is no one else doing it? So everyone has yeah. something like that. Like, the people that are listening to your show that are coming to She Leads, the entrepreneurs that are building things have seen the need to, to sort of step into the breach and create something new.
0: And I I also love the fact that we are being bold enough to value ourselves and to say, I, I not only see this need, but I have the confidence in order to launch the solution or at least put something out there. And I don't know that that is something that necessarily happened in years past. So I think that that's a really great shift that women do have at least the resources and the confidence to put something out there and not everybody is successful too right and no, just of because not. you right. yeah and so there's i think that there's a lot of lessons in that as well you know you might want to start a a, a business or a pivot in midlife and it might not work out but that doesn't mean that just because you launch something initially doesn't mean that there's something else afterward too And I think that that's a real strong message that I know that I would like to promote. Like, don't just feel that if you're going from one thing to another, that it's going to just be easy.
1: Right. And Adrian, that's such a great, that's such a great point that you've raised too. And I would say, you know, sometimes your pivot pivots. So, you know, don't be afraid to have, to start in one place and realize That your business should be something different as well. You know, I mean, I, when I look even to my own, you know, when I launched the reboot group, I was working one on one, doing writing engagements with um, executives on their LinkedIn, helping them, you know, literally wordsmith their story. And Mm -hmm. ultimately, I started being invited back by my clients to give trainings at companies for their teams. Now, when I started this business, I had no notion that I might be leading trainings. But when that opportunity presented itself to me, I took it and then I developed that further. And then yeah. that led to speaking opportunities. Again, so you know, so don't be afraid to say no to things as they as they come along. And sometimes, and that, that sort of circles back to what I said at the beginning, like confidence comes from doing, you know, business yeah. building comes from building. Just like yeah. start doing the things because it but the act of being an action may put you down a new path that that yes. is even better.
0: Yes. And I, I love that too, because I do think that opportunities often spring from that action. And it's things that you don't think of, at, you know, at the forefront of your mind. They, they are things that just come up. And when they, they come up, it's almost like, you know, oh my gosh, that's sort of what I always wanted. I know for me, I was so excited about an opportunity. I, you know, I had started teaching at NYU through, through a mutual introduction, and I, I love it. And because of that, I had another opportunity to teach at Rice University, which I, I absolutely love doing. And it's just, a, you know, it's a class. It's a, it's a sprint class. It's, it goes pretty quickly but through that opportunity i got another opportunity to do a global field experience with the mba students and that opportunity came out of the absolute blue and i feel so like grateful because in in my mind i had thought i really want to start traveling more you know, and, and wouldn't it be nice if I could also be compensated to travel? Now, I was thinking that, well, maybe I could do travel writing or maybe I could do retreats with She Leads Media. But this particular opportunity, which I didn't even know anything about, sort of presented itself to me. And it's it's exactly, you know, what I wanted. And so I, I think that this message about Just being in motion and even moving toward something, it opens the door for other opportunities. And we aren't too old to, you know, start traveling and keep working much past, I think, the age that in the past we might have started thinking about winding down.
1: Right. Absolutely. And, you know, and, and look at you and now you're going to Germany this summer, which is, which is amazing. And you did that, you know, and it, that, that opportunity happened because of that chain of events that you outlined. So I, I love, I love that personal example, but, you know, I, I do feel like, you know, sometimes I do talk to women. I, I am so age positive. I'm excited to be 52. I am grateful mm-hmm. to have these, these years. I talk to women every single Monday who are thriving in midlife and knocking it out of the park. I will say, you know, getting to midlife can be hard. There are Mm -hmm. terrible speed bumps that people go through, horrible losses. We're coming out of a a two-year, you know, sort of painful chapter. But everyone in their life who's listening to the show has gone through something hard. You've lost somebody. You've navigated a challenge. You know, you have this sort of resiliency and wisdom And I want people to sort of reframe the way they think about aging in general. Some of these opportunities would not be coming to you if you weren't actually your age and your experience. No one wants to have a professor who's like wet behind the ears and just brand new. You know, like you. one of my great friends became a mental health counselor. She went back to school. She spent um, two years getting a master's after having been a stay-at-home mom for 20 years. And she's wow. now doing relationship coaching. And she said to me, like one of the reasons why they wanted to hire me is because I'm, I've been married for you know, this number of decades and I have two adult yeah. children and nobody wants to get relationship coaching with, from like a 23 year old, you know? No. <laughs> and, and nobody wants to ask like a 20, 30, even a 32 year old, how do I deal with my adult children or my, my high school students, you know? Yeah. So sometimes actually being older, this thing that everyone's so afraid of is actually, you know... Helpful. Helpful. It's helpful. <laughs> it's helpful. <laughs> you know, so we have to look at that. Like, just, you know, I, anyhow, that's just... I love that. We're, you know, loud and proud. Age out loud over here.
0: <laughs> loud and proud. I love it. I love it so much. So yeah. where can people uh, sort of tune in? I'm sure you're everywhere, but yeah. just how can they get in touch with you? How can they tune in? How can they check out the Reboot group? Oh, All absolutely. It. I would love if they, Tuned in and listened to the show. I am on
1: Apple Podcasts, Spotify, wherever you listen. Uh, my website is a certain age pod.com. That has the transcripts, the complete show notes, all the whole back catalog. You can find me on Instagram and Facebook at the same handle, a certain age pod. And The Reboot Group has its own website. It's therebootgroup.com. You can find me on LinkedIn where I'm there daily hanging out and I want people to come (laughs) hang out with me. So come look for Katie Fogarty over on LinkedIn and you can see all of um, my LinkedIn work and also podcast stuff as well.
0: Wonderful. Well, Katie, thank you so much. As always, it's an immense pleasure to speak with you and I cannot wait to see you in person soon.
1: Oh, we'll we'll get together after Germany. I want to hear about it. Adrian, this is a total pleasure.
0: Thank you for having me. Thank you so much. Bye bye. Is the She Leads Podcast Network. This is the She Leads Podcast Network.